Better and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to The Fitness Show. Today we are going to talk about all sorts of fitnessy things, such as the Try Anything Triathlon, uh, the five minutes that can absolutely destroy all your efforts to lose weight, pulse checks, you know, that's old information that's always relevant, and we're going to go a little bit beyond checking your pulse. Sure, we can do that, but there's other more pragmatic ways to go about finding out the same information. And uh, also, we're going to talk about mask-induced acne. Now, mind you, I'm no skincare specialist, so what did I do? I looked up some information from skincare specialists, and I can't tell you how many of my friends are complaining about all oh, their poor foreheads or the ring around their mouth and the breakouts they're experiencing because of masks and those weird welder helmets. So um, <laughs> I have been having a great week. I know you're very interested. The funny thing that happened, well, there's a couple funny things. It's storming almost daily here in Florida. And when we get storms, they're chaotic storms, which is why Floridians often ignore, or a category one hurricane, because we have nightmarish, horrific, amazing, beautiful, cozy storms almost every day of the summer. And so the other day I was leaving the gym and I was wearing Crocs because I had been swimming and it was a downpour and I thought, ah, no big deal. I was already wet. I'll just go out to the car. So I start walking out of the gym and I did that slipping thing on the asphalt, you know, where your feet look like you're ice skating and they're wobbling back and forth. And then boom, I landed down. Now I landed on my knees and my hand and I got a little bit scratched up, a tiny bruising, no big deal. And I'm so lucky. You know, when you fall and you fall well, I think I fell well, but it was, <laughs> but the experience was funny. It was also scary because you think, oh no, I'm falling oh no, I'm a grown-up and I'm a tall person and it's going to hurt. Um, so yeah, it hurt just a little bit, but it was temporary. And I thought, whew, so there I am on my hands and knees in the gym parking lot with my duffel bag over my shoulder and a drink in my hand. And so I get up and I take about three steps and then it happens again. My feet start wiggling around. Thankfully, I was able to catch myself. And I would have taken my Crocs off because I'm guessing the lack of tread on them is the reason I was uh, losing my balance. But I didn't want to walk on the asphalt in a busy parking lot because you could get cut. And <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, barefoot makes me happy. I feel like a redneck and maybe I am a redneck because I'm a Floridian and that's kind of what we do. We do the tank tops, flip flops, the whole thing, cut off shorts. I, I am that stereotypical Floridian and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, anytime I walked out of the house barefoot, which was frequently, probably multiple times a day, my mom was always screaming, put some shoes on. You're going to cut your feet. And I don't know if I've ever cut my feet. I mean, have I got a little sticker, like a burr in my foot? Sure. Have I got one of those baby rocks jammed in my foot or a pebble? 
yeah, but I've never cut my feet. Now, is it possible? Absolutely. But my mother was always screaming at me that if I went outside with wet hair, I would catch a cold. And I'm still to this day trying to convince her that you don't catch colds from wet hair. You catch colds from someone passing bacteria to you. And she refuses this information. So anyway, I wiped out while leaving the gym the other day. And it was a funny wipeout. And I'm fine. And uh, yeah, you know, it's sometimes weird things happen. Maybe even kind of bad things happen. And you're glad they did because it's worth a laugh. And I definitely thought that was worth a laugh. And then the other thing is I've been getting out. As I've been preaching, I follow my own good advice. So every single day I'm outside doing something fantastic. Sometimes I'm walking miles through my neighborhood, but quite often there's parks and trails I'm heading to. Gainesville is very rural and I have a lot of woods to conquer. So I've been doing that and I've been swimming a ton both in my gym and at my neighborhood pool to do a little bit outside. And I've been cycling at the gym. And I also went stand-up paddleboarding yesterday, which was absolutely fantastic. And I saw zero alligators. But here's the thing. Outside, I just think everyone needs to get outside, especially right now with everyone being judgy and all of the finger waggers. And when you're inside, everyone around you is judging you and looking at you like you have the plague. Even if you're marching in order and you're wearing your obligatory mask and your wilder helmet and all those things. I don't think it's nice as society's treating each other like we're just gross. We're not. We're humans. And I think most all of us, um, if we were sick, we'd stay home. And sure, there's this invisible thing going around. I'm not denying that. But what I'm saying is that if you go out in the ocean or you go into the woods or you go out into the middle of the lake, there's none of that. You don't have to wear a stupid mask and you don't have to have people give you the nasty look. And um, I think it's very liberating and it's very good for your mental space. It's definitely very good for mine. So I've been doing it a lot. And here's the thing. Yeah, I peed in the woods the other day. (laughs) I peed in the woods and I am not that girl, but I was in so deep in the woods and there was absolutely no one around and there wasn't any security cameras or any teenagers with their cell phone out and I had to go and I thought okay here we are (laughs) and it was awesome so I'm not necessarily guiding y'all to go pee outside your neighbor's bushes but that's the liberty that comes with going outside to be a little risque and I certainly wasn't trying to be risque I just seriously had to go and there was no porta potties or whatever (laughs) Yeah, go outside. Go get outside. Get as far away from society as possible and perhaps pee in the woods. I know it's something guys do and easily for girls it's a little more tricky. But I'm going to tell you, it was awesome. And if you can squat or hover in a porta potty, you can certainly do it um, (laughs) in the woods. So anyways, I hope you don't think less of me. But if you do, I'm okay with that. That's just... (laughs) the truth. Okay, so moving on, I want to start with the Try Anything Triathlon. Now, I have my hotties, my online uh, challenge training group for Facebook. They're being assigned to Try Anything Triathlon several times this month. And basically what that is, is I want you to choose three separate activities and do them all on one day. 
And the reason being is I want you to diversify your workout. I'm going to start by saying that variety is truly the spice of life when it comes to exercise because your body was designed to move in a whole bunch of different ways. That's why we have these magnificent joints. And I just think about your shoulder where your arm can go in all sorts of fabulous directions. How often do you put your arm through its full range of motion? For most of us, the answer is very rarely. And if your arm is extending way back behind your body, usually something's wrong. So I think it's important that you test your joints. You know, you give them the opportunity to do what they were designed to do. Your hips are pretty special. They not only move your legs forward and backwards, but they move it side to side and they rotate your legs. And you should be going through that motion. Your vertebrae, golly, your spinal cord <laughs> does all sorts of fantastic things. I mean, to an extent, right? But forward, backward, side to side, twisting. Twisting motion is actually really good for strengthening your discs. Think you should take it up a notch, whatever you're doing, even if you're an ultra marathoner. And I have a lot of those who listen to this podcast. In fact, I'm very embedded in the running world and the walking world. And so we get a lot of customers who like to walk and run and they're damn proud and they should be. However, that's a very linear motion, a very small range of motion with your arms and your legs. You might lift your knees up a little bit. You might kick your heels back a little bit. But for the most part, it's your legs going forward and back and your arms going forward and back. Very rarely does a runner go side to side. Very rarely does a runner rotate their knee out to the side. It just doesn't happen. And so your body suffers because of that. It's beneficial to an extent to do one activity over and over. And at some point, harm starts to set in when you do one activity over and over. We call those overuse injuries. And so if you're a runner and all you do is run or walk, you may start to find some pain in your hips and your knees and your feet, your shins, your low back chronic injury from overuse is not uncommon with runners. It's also not uncommon with swimmers. I know tons of swimmers who've had rotator cuff surgery. You know, you overuse that upper body to an extent, you're going to start to suffer. The benefits will start to decrease and the negatives will start to increase. So when I want you to diversify, it's not just for entertainment value, which I think the entertainment value is very important and very satisfying, but you'll be less likely to be injured and you'll be more likely to make extraordinary progress that you never knew possible. So if you're a runner, add swimming, add dancing, you know, add something that moves your body side to side. Go take a jujitsu class. Wrestling is tremendous exercise. Zumba, Jiu-jitsu, Tai Chi, yoga, Pilates, horseback riding, surfing. Can you imagine what an awesome day it would be if you went horseback riding to the ocean and then you did some surfing and swimming and then you got out and did some yoga? Holy mackerel, that would be the ultimate in athletic adventure. And so mix things up. To try anything triathlon means you put on your gym clothes or whatever and you set out to do... 10 minutes of three different things or 20, whatever. Or you could do 20 minutes of one, five minutes of the other. I don't care, but start diversifying your workout. And even that thing you hate at the gym, maybe you look at the gauntlet, the rotating staircase, and you think, oh, I hate that thing. Do that. Do that. 
we now have a ski erg at my gym, which is uh, like a ski machine. You just grab the handles of the ropes and you pull and it's incredible exercise. Strength training. You can do cables. You can do kettlebells. You can do bands and Nautilus style equipment. I mean, there's there's the options are endless. So all I'm asking you to do is choose three things. I don't care what they are, but choose them, diversify, and do this workout often. All right. I still encourage you to go for your 60 mile bike ride if you're a cyclist. Good for you. Go do that and feel proud and keep making progress with your sport. However, mix it up. It will go a long way. And what you'll find is maybe you have tremendous endurance on the bike. When you get in the pool, you may swim one lap before you're sucking wind. A new activity will challenge your respiratory system in very different ways. And you may enjoy the struggle again. Hey, part of it might tick you off. You might think, hey, I'm such a great cyclist. Why am I bothering swimming when I'm no good at it? The reason you're bothering swimming is because you're no good at it. And imagine how strong your heart and lungs are going to be if they can dance for an hour and surf and run for 20 minutes and cycle for five miles. So mix it up. Try anything triathlon. And what I'd like you to do is after you've done your try anything triathlon, share it with me. (laughs) Use my hashtag fitness or tag me at fitness on any social media channels. I want to see what you're doing because um, I'm looking for great ideas and I would love to share your success with other people. So try anything triathlon, make it your way of life. I think it will make a tremendous difference in your fitness level and your physique. Holy mackerel. Imagine when you start training those other muscles, how good you're going to look. Woo-woo! All right, next up, we're talking about your pulse. And again, this is old stuff, right? I mean, people have been taking pulse forever, but I see a lot of people asking questions about pulses lately and how to check your pulse and when to check your pulse. So um, if you're just sitting around doing nothing, do you need to check your pulse? Probably not. I mean, you can. It's nice to know what your uh, base level is. However... When you're exercising, checking your pulse can be kind of tricky. The formula for calculating where your pulse should be during exercise is 220 minus your age. This is math. So 220 minus your age. Then you multiply that number by 65% and 80%. And that's where you'll find your target heart range. So you want to be exercising within 65 and 80% of your max. And uh, you can find that formula online and just search how to calculate my target heart rate during exercise. And uh, if you don't want to do your own math. However, that math can be kind of tricky. And if you're in the middle of an awesome workout, do you really want to stop and look at the clock and put your two fingers on your wrists or on uh, your carotid artery and and listen to your pulse? I don't think you do. I don't. In fact, I never, ever do. And I have all the fancy fitness degrees. I have a master's in exercise sports sciences. And I never, ever put my two fingers on my wrist and take my heart rate. What I do instead is a far more pragmatic approach approach for someone who's exercising. So I like the talk test. In fact, I love the talk test. And basically what the talk test says is that if you're exercising and you can host a very comfortable, long-winded conversation easily, then you're not working hard enough. If you are exercising and you can barely squeak out, this is hard, I'm 
dang, then you're working too hard. If you are working at a pace where you can squeak out a few words, they're challenging, yet you can still say, gee, this sucks, can't wait till it's over, then you're working at a proper level. So that's the talk test. Can you talk but not too much? If so, you're doing the right thing. The other way to monitor your training levels is the perceived rate of exertion. And that's just a one to 10 scale. One is sleeping or lying down. Two to three is cooking dinner. Four might be gardening. Five might be mowing the lawn. And then you get into real cardiovascular stressful exercise. So between six and nine is where you want to be to make real progress, right? So um, you're swimming and playing in the pool, maybe that's a six. You're swimming aggressive laps for speed, that's a nine. You get to the edge of the pool and you're (gasps) huffing and puffing, that's a nine. I don't see much benefit in you training at a 10, not if you're trying to make great gains with endurance or strength. A 10 is running for your life, okay? So I would plan to be between six and eight most of the time on occasion spike up to a nine you don't need to be in a 10 that puts some people at risk so um, perceived rate of exertion and the talk test are my go-to's for monitoring if I'm working at a proper level and I think you should too I'm not against the pulse if you really like doing the pulse go ahead and do the pulse but I think the other ones are just a lot more practical And if you're listening to your body, you should be able to get it right. It may take a little bit of practice and you may want to compare notes on how you feel versus your actual pulse, but you should be able to just go straight to the talk test or perceive rate of exertion without any problems. Um, (laughs) Now the the diet destroyer, I don't even like using the word diet, but you know what I'm saying. You've been eating wisely. You've been trying to lose weight and you've been sticking hopefully with your caloric budget that you learned at the exact formula for weight loss. If you are unfamiliar with this, I always send you go to fitness.com right on the cover. There's a link for the exact formula for weight loss. It will be life-changing. Learn how to eat the right amount of the right food for the size you want to be. Simple science, simple math, a little bit of discipline will get you where you want to go and keep you there for life. Uh, But five minutes, you can blow it all. And what is that five minutes? That five minutes is Someone at the office brings in a box of donuts and you go, yeah, I'll have one. And you do. And that's a quick 400 calories. 400 calories. Do you know that would take you approximately 40 minutes of exercise, of vigorous cardio exercise to burn off? That's a lot of effort to undo one poor decision. So try and pass on those things. And and I might skip the word try. Just pass on those things. If you go to a bagel shop with your friend, you're going to meet for coffee and you've already had breakfast. Even if your friend is having a bagel or a muffin or a, a Danish, say no thank you. You just get your coffee or your tea and you have the conversation. But those five minutes, it's very easy to consume a colossal amount of calories in a very short amount of time. It is very challenging to burn off those same 500 calories through exercise. In fact, in most cases, it simply can't be done. So I encourage you to uh, keep that five-minute rule in mind and don't destroy all your efforts with a few quick bites and a few moments of pleasure because, you know, uh, nothing tastes as good as having a fit body feels. 
Now, on to mask acne. We could condense those like mask knee. Yeah, lots of people are having issues now with their skin because of masks. And isn't that annoying where we got rid of our issues with um, pimples, blemishes, acne, whatever you want to call it when we were kids and teenagers. And now we're past puberty and people are having breakouts again because their face is being covered with cloth or paper or plastic or foam. And oh my gosh, I go into my physical therapy office um, once a week. And the poor guy started off wearing, I think he was in a paper mask. And then some nice person sewed up a bunch of cute gator color cloth masks. And then they switched to the uh, N95 masks that actually work. (laughs) And then now they have those and they have this foam thing on their forehead with the clear plastic in front of their whole face. And his skin is not doing great. Um, I think the whole practice is a little less attractive than they were five months ago. So it's a real issue. And if you're having it, I looked up some solutions for you. So you want to start by having a clean face. You want to wash your face as often as possible. Get a gentle cleanser. Most people are looking at Cetaphil, but there's a bunch of versions and I have no particular affinity for any brand. In fact, I like uh, Walgreens brand that is similar to Cetaphil or Cetaphil, but it's half the price. Um, But yeah, start off by washing your face every morning and definitely washing your face before you go to bed at night. Moisturize is another recommendation, um, especially because some people are getting dryness from their mask, itchy, scaly rashes. Uh, So clean face, moisturized face. You don't need a heavy moisturizer, just something light, something that says day moisturizer. And you may have to try a few brands to find out which one works best for you. And this was from the Today Show online. But their expert says that, and her name is Cynthia Lomelli. She's a celebrity esthetician. So whatever that means. But if you are having red spots and actual pimple breakout. She said spot treat with zinc cream to help reduce redness and inflammation. Yeah. And then some people who already have inflammatory or chronic skin conditions such as rosacea, eczema, psoriasis, this has got to be a nightmare for them causing lots of flare-ups. She points to cold compresses. So she said, make a cold compress by putting a washcloth in icy cold water, then wringing it out and laying it clean on your skin. This will help reduce the swelling. So that that sounds actually very nice. In fact, I am not having any issues because I do not work a regular job with mask requirements, (laughs) but I may just get a cold compress and put it on my face because that sounds quite refreshing. And she also says some people are experiencing bruising from long hours wearing a mask and that crazy welder helmet. (laughs) That's the best I can do, the clear welder helmet. She recommends applying Arnica cream and Arnica gel. Now here's the deal with Arnica. I have had my massage therapist. I've had Quite a few people advise using Arnica to prevent or decrease bruising. And I'm a person who bruises a lot. And when I was going through the breast cancer treatment, I was bruising all the time because the chemo was a blood thinner and blah, blah, blah. I I would wake up with random bruises on my face, which was not cool. And I had no idea where they came from. Anyway, I did some research on Google about the 
proven benefits of Arnica, and I don't really see a lot of proof that Arnica works. Now, some of you out there in podcast land may be mortified crashing your cars while listening to this saying, oh my gosh, I swear by Arnica, this is the greatest product in the world, and maybe it it is. If it's working for you, fantastic. However, I looked it up because I needed some help, and um, I didn't see a lot of factual evidence that it does work. But people swear by it, and it doesn't sound like it's harmful. So (laughs) take that information as you wish. Her other guidance for keeping your skin as clean and healthy as possible is wear a clean mask whenever humanly possible. If a clean face mask is not possible, spray the inside of a mask with alcohol after every use and let it dry before putting it back on. Well, that seems to make sense. Also, you probably shouldn't wear other people's masks. And I know within a family, you're all exchanging germs anyways, but I don't know. It's a little too close for comfort, right? Before wearing any mask, apply a rich oil-based moisturizer or balm. She says, look for ingredients like shea butter, cocoa butter, or jojoba oil to create an exterior barrier between your skin and the mask, similar to what you might do for a small child to protect their skin before playing outside in the snow. All right, well, I have rarely played in the snow because we don't have that in Florida, so I'm going to take her word for it. So do the thing you do before you go out in the snow and rub your face in the snow. But I like cocoa butter and shea butter because it smells great. So I'm on board with those tips for that. She says makeup may actually help protect skin, but with an important caveat. If you have makeup on, this will create an extra barrier, but make sure you remove it as soon as possible because the mask on top of the skin may physically cause the makeup to clog pores. Oh, and this is what I think for people who have to wear masks all day at work, which again, I'm not in that category, so I don't, I'm not having the same issue, but do you even need to put on makeup every day? Do you need to put on lipstick? I mean, apparently it may create a barrier for you, but wow, when we're all hiding our faces, this could be real convenient for people. You just get up and wash your dang face and throw your hair in a ponytail if you have hair. And uh, I don't know, I guess this is making life easy. If not, I imagine your lipstick would get all over the inside of your mask, right? You would have a yucky lipstick stained mask if you're a glamorous lipstick wearer. Last but not least, she said, make sure your skincare regimen is gentle. Look for milk or lotion cleansers, oil cleansers, aloe-based toners, and moisturizers. To avoid any irritants, choose either fragrance-free or products scented with only essential oils. So that's a lot of information. But yeah, I do feel for people that are stuck in masks all the time. I I don't have a 9-to-5 job, so I'm not burdened by that, but it's... It's a weird time in the world. I think we are all going to look back on this one day and tell our grandkids and our great-great-grandkids the bizarre freak fest that was 2020, and they may not believe us. It's very similar to our parents who were walking up the hill both ways in the snow to school (laughs) long ago. I don't have any good... Uh, what's the word, explanations for it, other than this weird year is way better than my last year with breast cancer. So no matter what we're going through right now, the bright side is it's not cancer. It's not ALS. It's not MS. It's not a whole bunch of hideous things. And if you're going through those battles, then I, I get it. I've been there. But 
if you're a healthy person and your family's healthy and you have the opportunity to get out, go out, go into the woods and pee in them without getting arrested, well, hey now, things aren't so bad. Love you guys. Get busy with that Try Anything Triathlon. I really want to hear about your success and what creative wrenches you're throwing into your workouts to jazz them up a little bit and maybe give me some ideas too because I am on a mission to do more fun things and make my life even more interesting. If you haven't done so yet, folks, follow me at Fitness on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And don't forget, I have a new book coming out. The cover is being designed this week and I'm super excited to share with you. So in October, you got to hit up my site, fitness.com or Amazon and search author name Fitz Kohler and go buy my book because it's a doozy. Guys, I love you. Have a great week and get to work. Bye team. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to gift the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com. Champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities. That's morningmile.com. Long may you run.